702. The UK Report with Adam Gilchrist. Good morning to you, Adam Gilchrist. Good morning, Bruce. Now, listen, let's take you through the UK report, please. Mm. Lots of young British people getting entranced, entwined and caught out, uh, getting involved with ISIS. And there's a young British victim in Syria now. Yes, in particular, I suppose, what we've been talking about most over the years is the number of Brits who've become radicalised or have ended up joining Islamic State in Syria and Iraq. In this particular instance, it's a British citizen who was killed while fighting against Islamic State. He went to join the Kurdish Peshmerga in Syria. A young guy called Ryan Locke, unfortunately now confirmed by the Kurdish Peshmerga that he died just before Christmas. Uh, interesting how people react, because I don't think people quite know how to react. Uh, was, was he a hero? Was he doing a good thing? Was he doing a good thing in a bad way? Was he doing a bad thing? Very tricky, because I suppose he was a sort of ideological mercenary. But also, this is a young chap who had no military experience at all. He was only 20 years of age. Ryan came from Chichester in Sussex, one of those quiet, posh sort of seaside towns. As I say, he was a chef. <laughs> uh, that was his background. Uh, he told nobody that he was going. Uh, after going, he said he wanted to make a difference, which is why he'd gone to join the Kurds. But described by his family as loving and caring, and then off he suddenly went to join the Kurdish forces in September, not telling anyone that that's what he was doing. Unfortunately, he died in the battle against IS at Raqqa. Uh, he was given a Kurdish name while he was fighting in uniform, Bekshvaden Givara, or um, words to that effect. My Kurdish pronunciation probably isn't spot on there. But as I say, people find it difficult to know how to react so at least i hope the Locke family will be given some kind of uh, decent kind of uh, guard because they have asked for privacy and if nothing else i hope the media at least give them that now uh, brexit of course is very much on the agenda for 2017 mm. exactly how it's going to work and who's going to do what job is up for grabs because the top person at the european union has quit the formal talks haven't even begun yet maybe they they're quitting while they're ahead <laughs> well, yeah, quitting while they see the writing on the wall and presumably being the European Union, the writing on the wall would be in Esperanto, I suppose. It would have to be, wouldn't it? But uh, yeah, the UK's top diplomat in Brussels, this is the guy, Sir Ivan Rogers. He was appointed Britain's ambassador to the EU three years ago, although I bet you no one knew that. In a quiz question until now, I bet nobody would have been able to say, who is Britain's ambassador? But that, that was him. I suppose quietly doing stuff behind closed doors is what ambassadors are often about, isn't it? Anyway, he's decided to quit ahead of the start of formal negotiations to leave the European Union. They're meant to start any week now, certainly between now and March. Sir Ivan was meant to lead those negotiations, but uh, whether he's seen the writing on the wall, whether he's detected an element of sinking ship, it was only last month that he said he thought a post-Brexit UK-EU trade deal might take 10 years to finalise. Maybe he just thought, do you know what? If I got stuck on that for 10 years, no thanks, I'm off. So he may have got that sinking feeling, but it certainly doesn't help the government case. And there's one thing we know, that he, when reports back to ministers he was giving them details and concerns and voicing concerns from our 27 eu partners at the moment about what was going to happen on the way ahead and he f had that feeling that government ministers just kept saying oh it'll be okay oh don't worry about that it'll all be fine yeah uh, rearranging the deck chairs on the titanic that's the, the dread fear of this yeah, that is the big concern, of course, and uh, we've seen the impact it's had on the value of the pound since uh, the Brexit mm. vote happened towards the end true. of last year. Now, racism um, in the United Kingdom raising its head once again? 
Yeah, and again, uh, Brexit is being blamed for this, although difficult to equate, but certainly police stats have told us that race and religious hate crimes have gone up by 41% in the last six months, so since the referendum. But overall, there's a nice sort of snapshot. Well, I say nice, actually. It's rather a miserable snapshot of the UK. Sky News does it this time of the year, and they have found that three-quarters of us feel we're in a nation divided. So I suppose you could argue that that's three-quarters of us are united in our divisiveness, which is, you know, one way of looking at it. Two-thirds of people think we're less happy as a nation, though quantifying a nation's happiness is tricky. Many people blame the Brexit decision. 55% of people think we're going to get worse off. Uh, about the same number think that the economy will also nosedive, but then again the same number think that it'll be okay. Uh, and and with the racist slant as well, all in all, that makes us more divided, more racist, less happy, possibly poorer, more gloomy about the future. Do you know what, Bruce? We should do a referendum every year and see where it takes us. <laughs> no, don't do that, please. Uh, we have too much important work to do. Adam Gilchrist, thank you very much from the United thank Kingdom.